Well, good morning, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us today at Bible Baptist Church Online. Again, we truly hope that this will be a help to you. So would you take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 9 with me? Luke chapter 9 is our privilege to uh, continue to serve you. If we can do anything for you, please let us know in the comments, or uh, there's a link in the description as well. We'd love to be able to help in any way that we can. So Luke chapter 9. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. We'll jump right into this passage this morning. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for all you do for us, and thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. I pray that you would continue to help us as we uh, look through your word. Father, I pray you convict our lives and challenge us and help us to be followers of you. We love you. Thank you so much for dying on the cross for our sins, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter 9, if you'd look at verse 23 again with me, the Bible says this, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Or whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed and he shall come in his own glory and in his father's and of the holy angels. But I tell you of a truth, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. Once again here this morning we see and uh, we find ourselves under the extremely ironic teaching of Jesus Christ. He instructs us that if we are going to come after him, we must again deny ourselves take up our cross daily, and follow him. And he deals with our natural human desires, our natural human desires for the lust of the flesh. And that lust of the flesh is found in verse 24. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Our natural human desire is the lust of our flesh to self-preserve ourselves, to hold on to what we have, to grip it, to hold it tightly. But Jesus teaches us that if we are going to self-preserve, then we will end up self-destructing. If we're going to self-preserve, then we will end up self-destructing. And we see this all the time with people in powerful positions. They get into a powerful position, and what do they try to do? They try to hold on to that powerful position by doing whatever they possibly can do, whatever is necessary in order to hang on to that position. And what happens is they eventually end up destroying themselves. And Jesus asks us simply to give our lives to him for his sake. Notice again in verse 24, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. So Jesus is asking us, give, uh, give me your life for my sake. And in the end, you will end up saving it. Give what you have to Jesus and let him multiply. We talked about the little lad who had a lunch and he had five loaves and two fishes and how Jesus took that and began to multiply it. Just at lunch, God took and multiplied it. But not only does Jesus deal with our natural human uh, lust of the flesh, he also deals with our natural human desire for the lust of the eyes. The lust of the eyes. By the way, these are found in John chapter 2. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And Jesus is dealing with these natural human desires. You see, most of us have dreams. We have goals. We have ambitions. 
Some of you may even call it a vision for your life. Um, in fact, some of you may even have a vision board uh, where you keep all of your goals and your dreams and you have a vision of where you want to get in life. You are extremely focused. You're extremely deliberate. You are working toward that goal. You wake up every morning and you go after that vision. You go after that goal. In fact, you keep reminding yourself. That's why you created a board so that you can keep reminding yourself of what your goals and your dreams are. Listen, that's not a bad thing. That's a wonderful thing. In fact, we ought to have goals. In fact, Bible Baptist Church has a vision. It's to seek Christ and to share hope. And guess what? Everything we do comes around that vision. It points toward it. It works toward that vision. Every single one of us ought to be seeking Christ and sharing hope. That's our, that's our vision for our church. And you are much the same way. You get up every morning and everything you do focuses around that vision. Everything you do focuses around your goals. Everything you do focuses around your dreams. And the Bible tells us this. Where there is no vision, the people perish. So I want you to understand this morning that we need vision. We need to be looking forward. We need to be looking ahead. We need to know where we are going and what we are doing. But this is where the natural human desire collides with the will of God. This is where the natural human desire collides with the will of God. Look with me in verse 25. The Bible says this, For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? See, Jesus is taking things another step further. He's trying to get down to the heart of the problem. We talked about the lust of the flesh, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Now he's taking it a step further. He's saying, what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself? So not only are you trying to save it, but you're looking ahead, trying to gain the whole world, as well as save it, and you are going to eventually lose it. Let's spend a little bit of time this morning on this word advantaged. Advantage, according to Strong's Dictionary, means usefulness, benefit, or profit. Usefulness, benefit, or profit. Now, when we think about our visions and our dreams, most of us have a picture of what our ideal life looks like. And we're working toward that. We're pressing hard toward that. We're putting all our resources toward that. We have an ideal picture of the future that we wish to create. Whether it's a goal to learn how to relax more. Whether it's a goal to, to be more patient. Whether it's a vision to improve your relationships or you have a goal to travel more or to have enough money in the bank or to find a job that you adore or to retire early. Or maybe even simply to be kinder to yourself. Listen, there are all kinds of different goals. This looks like all kinds of different things for all kinds of different people. And it could be based on just about anything. But here it is. The purpose behind your goal, the purpose behind your vision is to decide what you want to become. That's the goal. But did you catch what I just said? The purpose behind it is to decide what you want to become. Let's be honest this morning. 
our goals, our dreams, our visions, no matter how good or righteous they may seem, are often to benefit ourselves. They're to benefit ourselves. It's to give us the advantage. Let me illustrate for you, and this will incriminate me far more than I want it to, but just going to be open with you this morning. I am a preacher. That's what I do. I do that weekly. I preach every week. In fact, I preach multiple times a week. And, and I, I, I enjoy that. But let me ask you, is that good or is that bad? Well, to be honest with you, that's a good thing, all right? Preaching is a good thing. In fact, the Bible tells us that we ought to go and preach the gospel to every creature. So it's not a bad thing. But here's the problem. At one time, my goal was to become the most famous preacher in all of Canada. My goal, my vision, my dream was to become the most famous preacher in all of Canada. Let me ask you, who is that goal? Who is that vision for? It's for me. It's for me. Now let me ask you, is that good or bad? That's bad. I'm taking a good thing, preaching, and I'm using it to create my own wealth, my own prosperity, my own popularity. And by the way, I could justify it by saying, well, if I was the most famous preacher in all of Canada, then I would have the opportunity to preach the gospel to millions upon millions of people. But this is exactly the lie that Satan wants me to believe. He wants me to be so proud as to think that I even could become the most famous preacher in all of Canada. And he wants me to waste my time working toward that. So that I will do anything in order to get there. I will step on anyone in order to get to that goal. I will use and abuse any person in order to get to that goal. I will say things that I wouldn't normally say in order to be the most famous preacher in Canada. If it benefits me in accomplishing my goal, then I will do it. Can you see how Satan can use a good thing and twist it and change it and make it selfish, proud to advantage yourself? Listen, this is not what Jesus has planned for you. This is not the life that Jesus has designed for you. One in which you try to advantage yourself by gaining the whole world. Notice again verse 25. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world? Now I want you to imagine with me. Think about this possibility. What if every passion that you had was accomplished? Every passion that you had was accomplished. What if everything your eyes coveted was made yours? What if everything that your pride demanded you received? What if every lust you had was fulfilled? What if every vision you had was accomplished? What if every self-gratification that you wanted was available to you? What if every honor that you have ever wanted was received? Listen, I, think, I want you to think about everything. I mean all of it. You have it all. You have gained the entire world. Everything. 
You had all the power. You had all the prestige. You had all the prosperity. You had every benefit known to man. You had the world at your fingertips. Now let me ask you, where would you be? Where would you be? Let me tell you where you would be. You would be left wanting more. You would be left wanting more. In fact, John D. Rockefeller, uh, back uh, a couple hundred years ago, was asked, how, he was the richest man in, in that time. He was asked, how much money is enough money? And he simply said, one dollar more. You always want more. You can gain the whole world, but you'll be left wanting more. The Bible says here that and lose himself, you'll be lost or be cast away or you would be a castaway. You could have all of this and your life would still be worth nothing. But some of you, your argument would be this, but I would have everything. In fact, everyone would remember me. Everyone would want to buy my book. Everybody would follow me on YouTube. Man, I would have so many followers on Instagram and TikTok and all of these different things. I would be famous. How is that worthless? You, you might even say, I would leave a legacy. People would remember me for years and years to come after I was gone from this earth. Listen, everyone would actually worship me. Oh, Oh, I see. See, now we're starting to get somewhere. Here's the reality. We actually want people to worship us. We want people to look at us and say, wow, what an amazing person. Wow, what a great preacher. Wow, what a powerful sermon. Wow, he is amazing. We want to be worshipped. We think that if we had all of these things, if we gained the whole world, if we had prosperity and prestige and popularity, we had all of these things, then we would be worthy of worship. You see, we need to get down to the heart problem. The heart problem is we want people to look at us in awe, in grandeur, and worship us and buy our books and, and listen to our podcasts and all of these different things. We want that. We want prosperity. We want to gain the whole world. And a perfect example of this is just found just a few verses after Jesus gives us instruction. Look with me in uh, Luke chapter 9, excuse me, in verse 46. The Bible says this. <clears throat> then there arose a reasoning among them. Just, just a second. This is talking about the disciples. The disciples are all together. And they're talking about this. There's a reasoning among them. And watch what the reasoning is. Which of them should be what? Greatest. Which of them should be greatest? In verse 47, and Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, took a child and set him by him. And said unto them, being the disciples, whosoever shall receive this child in my name, receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me, receiveth him that sent me. For he that is least among you all, the same shall be great. 
So the disciples are all gathered around and they're arguing who is going to be greater than the other. Now I want you to stop and think about this. These men had just come off of one of the greatest spiritual highs that I think anybody could ever know. They were healing people. They were curing people. They were casting out demons with the power of Jesus. They were extremely successful men. But here we see them, again, watch, wanting more. They were arguing to be the greatest person before the next one, person next to them. You see, there will always be something more. And Jesus sits them down and again reiterates what he says here in verse 25. He says, listen, you need to be the least. You need to deny yourself in order to become the greatest. You want to be the greatest. You want to gain the whole world. But listen, you need to be least in order to be the greatest. Again, it's ironic teaching. It doesn't necessarily go with the standard flow. We think that in order to be the greatest, we have to be the greatest. To be the best at everything. And this is why we brag all the time. This is why we tell everybody how awesome we are. Because we want to be the greatest. There will always be something more. And I believe this is the exact problem in our culture. We have men... We have women, we have teenagers, we have kids now who are all trying to build a platform for themselves and become the greatest. And quite honestly, most will do whatever it takes to gain that status. Whatever it takes to get the followers. Whatever it takes to be an influencer. But in the end, They will be left with nothing. They will be cast away and the next person will be in line. It's like they, they did nothing, just cast away, just pushed aside. By the way, this is the exact desire that Satan has for you. This is exactly what Satan desires for you. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, the Bible says that Satan is a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may, listen, devour. Seeking whom he may devour. Satan literally wants to set you up for failure. He wants to bring you up so that you will fall. The reality is, He's already setting some of you up for failure. Some of you have already bought into the lie that you can have the power. Some of you have already bought into the lie that you can have prestige. Some of you have already bought into the lie that you can have the prosperity. And he is telling you, listen, if you will just give me a little bit more. If you will just do a little bit more. Then you will have what you so desire. He wants you to think that if you will give him a little bit more, that he will make you something greater. If you will just cross this one moral boundary, then you will have that one thing that you desire. If you will just hurt this one person that, you know what, really annoys you anyway, so it's not really even that big of a deal, you'll be better off. 
Man, if you will just look at that, that, that one lady that is not your spouse, then you will be much happier. You see, Satan is attacking us with the lust of the eyes. We want something bigger. We want something better. We want something greater. And our vision is for that. Not necessarily a bad thing, but we want to do it to advantage ourselves. He wants you to see something that will benefit you. And he wants you to go after it with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. And all your strength, with everything that you have. But this is not what Jesus has called us to. In fact, Jesus has already conquered this for us. In fact, the Bible tells us that Jesus was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And Satan even tempted Jesus with this exact thing just a few chapters before. Go back to Luke chapter 4 with me. Luke chapter 4. Look at verse 1. This is what is known as the temptation of Jesus. He goes out into the wilderness and he is tempted of Satan. But I want you to we'll focus in on a few things here. Let's read verse 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were en ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, A man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. By the way, lust of the flesh, his flesh desired that. And the devil, watch verse 5, here it is. And the devil taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for this is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou, therefore, here it is, wilt worship me, watch, all shall be thine. You will gain the whole world. Wow. Look at verse 8. And Jesus answered and said unto him, watch, watch. Get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Oh, this is a powerful passage of Scripture. And it continues. He actually tempts him again. But I want to focus in on this one because this is what we're talking about. The lust of the eyes. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world. Jesus could see it all. And then he offered it to him. You can gain the whole world. You see, even Jesus had this temptation. Even Jesus was tempted to gain the whole world. But let's seriously sit and think about this for a second. This seems so absolutely silly to me. You see, Jesus is God. And he is already in control of the whole world. He, listen, he is already in control. He already owns it. He already has the power over it. So let me ask you this question. Why does Jesus need Satan to give it to him? He doesn't. 
But listen, this is the exact point that Satan does not want you to see. He wants to blind you from this exact point. He wants you to think that you are missing out on something. But all he is doing is setting you up for failure. And listen, this is the exact point that Jesus is trying to make. You can have in Jesus Christ life that is more abundant. Something that you could never gain in your own strength. Something far greater than this whole world has to offer. He wants to give that to you. So don't go gaining the entire world and thinking, I've got it all. Listen, God has something far, far greater for you. He wants to multiply your life into something bigger, something better than you could ever imagine. He has this for you, but you have to deny yourself. Say, no, I'm not going to go after that anymore. I'm not going to try to gain the whole world. And so you say, okay. I want to stop pursuing my own desires. I want to stop pursuing what I want to do. And I want to walk and follow Jesus. How do I keep myself away from pursuing the lust of the eyes? How does Johnny Yeomans keep preaching but stay away from that desire of being the greatest preacher in all of Canada? Well, look. Jesus gives us that exact response, the exact answer in how he responds to Satan. Notice again with me in verse 8. And Jesus answered and said unto him, watch, number one, get thee behind me, Satan. Okay? You know what that is? That's denial. No way. We're not doing this. Get behind me. I'm denying that fact. Look what else. He says, uh, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Okay? Him only shalt thou serve. So you're only to serve God. So you're to deny yourself. You're to take up the cross daily. And notice, he says, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow him. Worship him. Follow God in every way that you can. In fact, Luke chapter 9 shows us this exact thing again. And he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Listen, the best way to stop this destructive pursuit, the best way to stop this productive or destructive pursuit is to replace it with a productive pursuit. The best way to stop a destructive pursuit is to replace it with a productive pursuit. Listen, a productive pursuit of epic proportions. I'm talking something so great. A pursuit that is multiplied over and over and over and over again. What is that? Taking up your cross. Taking up your cross. This is a pursuit that God has called you to. This is a pursuit that God has called you to. Listen, I want to, I want to answer this question for everybody. What is that pursuit? What has God called me to? 
I want to answer it for everybody, but I can't. I want to tell you exactly what God has called you to, but I don't know. But I want you to understand, again, this is a matter of perspective. It, it, we need to change our perspective on life. If you will, we need to simply surrender our life to God. We are not in this life to fulfill our own dreams and to fulfill our own desires. That only leads to destruction. This life was designed to be lived more abundantly. So what do we need to do? We need to change our perspective. How? All right, so I just got to sell everything that I have. I got to give up my job. I got to just get rid of everything. Right? No, wrong. Think about this again. Our motivation is not that we need to give up our jobs. Our motivation is not that we need to sell our houses. Our motivation is not that we need to get rid of our cars. Our motivation is not that we need to stop making money. Listen, that may come, but listen, that's not our motivation. Our motivation is so Jesus will accomplish something with our lives, that he will multiply our lives over and over again. So let me ask you this morning, do you have a dream? Do you have a goal? Do you have a vision? Listen, give it to Jesus and let him use it or change it, whatever he wants, because it's, you're giving it over to him. Do you have influence? Give it to Jesus and let him use it. You see, let Jesus be your new purpose. Let Jesus be your soul desire. Let Jesus be your one vision. Let him be that. So listen, can you keep your job? Yes. But use your job the way Jesus wants you to. Think about him. How would he do this? Can I have influence? Absolutely, but use it for Jesus. Can I have, I mean, you fill in the blank. Yes, use it for Jesus. In fact, the Bible tells us these things in Psalm 37. I'm almost done. Psalm chapter 37 and verse 4. Psalm chapter 37 and verse 4. The Bible says this. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Did you get that? Delight thyself also in the Lord. Put your faith and trust in him. Make him your one goal. Make him your one vision. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Watch verse 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. I'm going to follow you. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Now, I want you to jump down to verse 9. Watch this. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, watch, they shall inherit the earth. The evildoers, man, they're going to be cut off. Oh, they look like they have all kinds of good things. But the end is destruction. But if you will wait upon the Lord, you shall inherit the earth. Oh, you get the whole world. 
You don't want to try to gain the whole world right now. Listen, you just wait on the Lord and he will give you the whole world. Guys, it's ironic. It seems kind of oxymoronish. But here's the truth of the word of God. In fact, look at verse 11. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Wow. Following Jesus. Listen, Satan is offering you a get-rich-quick scheme. and Many of us are buying into it. As always, the end is destruction. You see, Jesus has a far greater calling for you. Jesus has a far greater calling for you. Please, won't you come? Won't you deny yourself? Won't you take up your cross daily? The thing that he has called you to. The vision that God has for you. And won't you follow him? The cost of discipleship is a denial of yourself. Because you have a greater calling and constantly following Jesus. It is changing your perspective on your life. It is giving your dreams, your goals over to Jesus. Why? So that he can perform things in you that you could never imagine. Now, let me ask you this morning. What have you been saving for yourself? What have you not given over to Jesus? In what area of your life are you not following him? What dream, what goal are you hanging on to? To advantage yourself. Can I encourage you this morning just to lay that down? And pick up something far greater this morning. Pick up Jesus his will for your life and follow him take up your cross daily let's pray father thank you so much for this day thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given us this morning to study your word father i pray that if there's one here today that has never been even introduced to you that today they would want to know more and father that they would ask some questions about you, and Father, that we would be able to show them who you are. Father, I pray that people would see you as their Lord and Savior, who saved them from their sins, who they could not pay by themselves, but Father, you already paid the debt. Father, as we view you in that light, would you help us then to give our lives a living sacrifice? Here's our lives. Take and use it. You do with it what you want. I don't want to be advantaged. I don't want to do my own thing. I don't want to save my own soul. I want to lose it. So, Father, I give it to you. I invest it into you so that you can multiply it. Father, I pray that every single person that hears this, this portion of Scripture, Father, would give their lives to you. Father, we would give you the honor and glory for it. We would pray all these things in your name. I'm just going to ask you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Very simply, we just want to give you just a minute to make a decision before God this morning and with God this morning. So let's go ahead and give you that time right now.